With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this the Corner Week Podcast. I am your host, Jared Klim, alongside my co-host, Mr. Mason Rutch, and the intern, Mr. Chris. First off, before we go on, congratulate the newest member of the uh, Corner Booth family, uh, Miss Bianca Ordazzo and her hubby, our favorite uh, TikTok Viking, Matt. They're in- happily married now as of Friday. I want to congratulate the two of them on a start of a happy, healthy marriage. And also, um, you know, just to enjoy their honeymoon. Matt, we'll see in a couple of days. Uh, fucker still leading Chris. What's the official standings right now for the uh, Pickums? So it's Matt still leading, Jarrett's in second, Mason's in third, and Chris has not moved up the entire time. He's in Well, third. buddy, you're keeping on Mason's ass. You're not letting him get away with anything. <laughs> Dude, I was so, – oh, dude, my – we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it after six-pack. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of overdoing things, um, NBC, there was a ticker done for Aaron Rodgers sightings and Taylor Swift sightings. You guys want to know what the final tally for this was? What was it? Taylor Swift 10, Aaron Rodgers 8 in in a game. Just just what – I mean, listen, I understand the NFL is trying to capitalize on this, on this new brand and, like – Listen, it, it happens. One of the most marketable players is dating the biggest pop star on the planet. This is the shit the NFL marketing office dreams of. I ha- I had a buddy who worked for them for a year or two, and he goes, "Dude, they want something like this to happen." Like they were praying Patrick Mahomes and Brittany Mahomes ever happened, and Pat ends up dating like Selena Gomez because at least that would like break record, whatever. But like this is even better. You got Patty Mahomes. You got Pat Mahomes' boy. Mr. Mr. Travis Kelsey, who is outspoken, easily one of the most marketable guys, arguably a top, what, I think top two tight end, top three all t- tight end all the time right now. Yeah, yeah, that's there's no argument. Yeah, and he's dating the biggest pop star 
in the world. It's such a, like, a viewership boost because, like, I saw something on Twitter where it was, like, the the teenage, like, teenage kids, teenage girls specifically, have just started watching football all of a sudden, specifically the Chiefs. My my friends that are girls, like, my buddy's girlfriends, too, they were talking to me at a... at like at a party on Saturday, they're like, Jared, um, what do you, uh, what's going on? Like, what, what's the Taylor Swift shit? I'm like, who's this healthy guy? I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I was going to say, Chris, it's not just teenage girls, man. Like it's literally, it's, I'd say yeah. probably the range of ages that they're capitalizing on is what maybe like, I'd say maybe like 13 or 14 through like late twenties. I mean, yeah, it's like very that, that's yeah. the Taylor Swift, like when she started back when I was in middle school. <clears throat> fuck, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> and now, like, guys, I'm almost start. Like, I am 15 months from turning 30. No, no, se- 16 months from turning 30. But <clears throat> Taylor Swift started when I was 14, and she's been at the top of the charts probably about a decade. This is a dream scenario for NFL marketing. It's it's it's. But let's actually talk about the game and not actually talk about her anymore. Listen, it was kind of cool watching her walk in with uh, Deadpool and Wolverine. That was fun. Um, MLB playoffs. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Obviously, the fields are set. Game starts tomorrow. Congrats to all of our teams making the playoffs. So, fellas, all of our teams made it except Matt's. <laughs> rip, rip, Matt. If you told me, as, like, okay. So for the record, Diamondbacks. Uh, Chris is a Phillies boy through and through. Mason is a Houston native. So all three of our teams made it. Matthew, a Southern Connecticut boy, his team, the team with the third highest payroll in baseball, did not make the playoffs. So uh, poor went out for Maddie and. <laughs> I, I will not be, man. You you will never find me complaining about New York teams sucking. Oh, it's okay. They almost knocked us out of the playoffs because there's something curse about the Diamondbacks playing in New York. I don't know what the hell it is. Maybe it's like a curse from 9-11. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, don't worry about it this year. Yeah, yeah, right. Thank God. Now we just have to eat, take, take on the Brewers who cheated their way into knocking us off in 11. And then after that, if we do beat them, we get the Dodgers who have notoriously owned us in the playoffs. So well, – well, hey, in your favor though, did you see that Brandon Woodruff's probably gonna be out for the for the playoffs? Did you see that, Jared? Yeah, I did see that. I saw the update. What was it, like an hour ago that came out? I, I got a ring on my phone. I'm literally underneath my truck trying to put the shocks on. Yeah, and my phone starts buzzing. I got almost whacked in the face with it because the shocks when they come down, I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm just literally holding it with one French here, one wrench here. I, I put it down. I'm like, oh, okay. All I know is apparently. We have a better batting average than most of the playoff teams against Corbin Burns, so that's a good sign. We also have Brandon Fat going tomorrow, and he actually has been like lights out when he actually pitches, so hopefully we can get him some run support. Um, yeah, last night, first of all, I, before I bitch about – before I take a shot at Rodney Harrison for being a jackass, um, I've hated him since he started – he played for the Patriots, so this is a just an easy shot for me. Um Zach Wilson, I went and watched some tape today on my lunch break because I was curious. I'm like, okay, so let's tell him he looked that bad last night. And maybe now that there's no alcohol involved, I actually can really look at this the correct way. Um, the reads weren't perfect. As somebody who's watched more tape about quarterbacks than he likes to admit. But Zach Wilson looked serviceable. He looked like, like the range where you'd find like 
like the bottom of it's Gardner Minshew, the top of it's Kirk Cousins, Zach Prescott. Like he looked in that range. Like I'd take him over Gardner Minshew if he plays like that. There were a couple throws, you know, the bobbled snap. But let's also talk about the fact that there were two, like a, a no call and then a forced call because it was an interception. And now the NFL rigged crowd is screaming back. So I'll let you boys digest. Thoughts on the Chiefs sneaking by last night? All right. Um, wow. I just, I just sick of watching the Chiefs every time on on prime time. But I don't. I mean, it's as far as like for the. I'll just go back to like the Jets real quick. As far as like the Jets' sake, like I just Zach Wilson just plays a little bit just like good, which and he did last night. Dude, they can. I think they the Jets can compete with everybody, dude. They're just. There's just a win now roster. Um, I mean, as far as like the Chiefs go, uh, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but a couple plays. I mean, he was just he was doing what Patrick Mahomes does, chuck the ball down the field. He had a couple interceptions. He almost let the Jets win, but again, he gets the job done. He has a great IQ. Instead of you know rushing for a touchdown, he slides out at the three to run the clock out. So um, nobody's knocking the fact that he's a top. 10 top 15 all-time quarterback already at least talent wise and like the way he's played and the two super bowls and everything else but let, let, listen it's more about just how it went down and it, you you had to feel bad for the jets cuz they fought like demons for that game man everything was there Zach Wilson played a a decent ball game man I'm not going to lie I throw to CJ Uzama man I was like I was like okay okay Zach I mean you know what's so funny I was watching. I was playing Starfield. I had it on the split screen, right? So I had one big screen was the game. Regular screen was the uh, actually no, for reverse. Big screen was the game. Then I had the one on the one closer to my face. And I'm playing, and I look over. So it's on loading screen, all I see is Zach drop back and flip it, and all I see is 87 reach those big ass paws of his and bring it down. And I'm like, that's not a bad fucking throw. I'm, I'm like, that's what I saw at BYU against. You know, when they're playing Mountain West competition with 27-year-old receivers in college. Um, that being said, I just it was it was cool to see the Jets kind of put up a fight. It makes me not worried but intrigued for our game in two weeks when we play them. Mace, what was your thoughts about last night before rolling to your uh, your your segment here? Yeah, I, I kind of think Rodney Harrison has a little bit of a point. I understand that I'm in the minority with that take, but I, I I will say how many good games, how many like complete games, that's a better way to put it. How many complete games man. how many complete games does Zach Wilson have over his two year career with the Jets, right? Yesterday, I don't even know if you can you can call that a complete game. Like I'm talking, I'm talking first possession to the last drive of the game. Very few mistakes, if any. You know, makes some nice throws. Looks good. And, and I mean, for the most part, it's like yeah, we saw flashes last night of this guy looking solid or like, you know, kind of living up to his like billing right, but. That, that's all it was like I, I I struggle to say like oh yeah like I guess if he did it again then I think there would be cause to say like okay you know maybe this is sort of like starting to become like a continual like thing right like maybe 
maybe he is kind of turning a corner and picking up the play, right? But, you know, hey, look, everybody can have a fluke game in the NFL, right? Like, and it's just that simple. So, you know, entertaining game, like, for sure. It was, I think, more entertaining than 99% of people thought it was going to be. No chance, you know, if you asked me last night an hour before kick, hey, like, you think this is going to be a three-point ball game and the Chiefs are barely going to squeak this out? I'm I'm laughing at you. Like, and I think all three of us would, honestly. Like, Zach Wilson's looked terrible up until last night for the games that he's been in. And so, yeah, I, I entertaining game, whatever, cool. I'm glad that I didn't watch a blowout, another primetime blowout, but on, on Harrison's comments, man, I, you know, I, I think like as a TV, like personality, yeah, he could have like chilled out on him a little bit, but it's, I don't think it's he- not like midday talk radio for sport, like sports commentary. He's, he's not skip. He's not Shannon. He's not cowherd. Yeah. He, he's sure. on Sunday. Night he could have, he could have, he could have laid off him a little also, bit. Shout I, I agree. Chris Jones for being a professional, man. I was like, almost like I watched it. I'm like, you know yeah. what? All right, all right man. I'll get, I'm not the biggest fan of yours, but fuck, yeah, I, I give you the credit. He took it like, easy, would... you know. He took it easy on the kid, but it's just like, hey, man. I mean, know? listen, it wouldn't take like late. It wouldn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, like he had a good game, and he had a solid game. Yeah, yeah, solid. No, for Zach Wilson, an amazing game. For like Jets quarterback, he had a great game, and for any other quarterback, he had an okay game. So Did... the the bar for the Jets is set so fucking low that it doesn't really matter. Did you guys see the uh, tweet Sauce Gardner dropped after the game? He yes. was like, maybe if I was a Swifty, they wouldn't have thrown that flag, or I would have gotten that flag. I was, I was like, wow. I was, I saw that shit. I think I, I tried to like it, but he, did he delete it? Or I, I, I think him. he edited it. Like, I think, like, yeah, I think I some edited version later. I, I yeah. went to like it and it changed. It's like, I don't know. well, then, but, like, I was just going to say, then the NFL changed their bio to, like, Chiefs 2-0, and just like Swifties or something like that, and then put, like, Taylor Swift as the banner on uh, the NFL main page on Twitter. Oh, my God. I hope they get upset, like, the first round of the fucking playoffs. <laughs> like, they get, yeah. like... Or, or just, like, they break up and, like, you know... Like and she right shows at up the end of the Super season, Bowl. and then it becomes, like, this well, whole... Because you know who her hometown problem. team is. Bird so thing, yeah, she's bird gay. She's OG bird gay. She's yeah, rocking Eagles gear since she was out doing her country tour shit. So that's gonna like, be weird if like they meet in the Super Bowl again. She's gonna be, she's gonna be pulling a Mama Kelsey wearing like an Eagles hat with a Kelsey Travis Kelsey jersey or some shit. Yeah, the half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, it was it was a good game last night. I'm kind of hoping Monday, tonight's game is pretty good. Uh, make sure, boys, we'll take a little breather. We're gonna say if you got any Monday night bets on the table, we'll do that before we get out of here. Uh, Mace, uh, interesting week at fantasy, my friend. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is officially coming back. Um, I'm about to just give up on Joe Burrow and throw him to the Wolves. What, what did you got? What's the rush report brought to you by SeatGeek? Promo code Billy up for $20 off your first purchase. Mace! Yeah, it was a – I'll tell you what. There were lots of points to go around this week. If you had some of um, some of these top performers, McCaffrey, Josh Allen – Stefan, if you had Rams players, you know, if you had Kyron Williams, if you had Puka, um, you know, there were lots of points to go around. Josh Jacobs had a very nice bounce back game. I think he had in my league. 
I play half PPR in all three of my leagues. Um, he had over 23 for me. So very nice bounce back game for him. And um, it should be interesting depending on how, if uh, Devonte, I don't know. Do you guys know if Devonte Adams returned to the game on Sunday or, or is he looking yeah. at like, he, yeah, he, he did. did. He, came, he back. came back in the start of the second half. It's funny. They, he, um, they threw a touchdown to him at the end of the game, a tying touchdown, but um, uh, McDaniels never challenged it. So they ended huh. up losing. I was like, nice. I had him for fantasy, so that's the only reason why I know. Gotcha. Well, yeah, it should be interesting to see if if they use Jacobs the way that they did last year, considering now that it looks like O'Connell is going to be going to be running the uh, running the squad for a few more weeks with Jimmy G being out. Um, but nonetheless, um, I will get into these waiver targets. I'll start out with uh, the man here in town with me, CJ Stroud. Just three weeks in a row, man, he has looked good, really good, um, playing like he should have been the first quarterback taken. Schedule Upcoming schedule for the Texans, they are at the Falcons at home versus the Saints. They've got a bye in week seven, and then they are at the Panthers. So a very favorable schedule for Stroud coming up. That is, you know, I'm sure they are licking their chops there. Uh, particularly if, you know, Carr is going to try and push on for the Saints with this joint sprain in his shoulder. Um, you know, you get out to a quick lead, they're not going to be able to catch up. So he's currently the QB 13. In the past three weeks, he he's finished above 20 points every single week. He's looked good. He looks like, you know, he's really bringing out the best in Tank Dell and Nico Collins. So if you've got either of those two guys, you're probably pretty happy with your either waivers or draft picks that you took them with. Uh, so Stroud is rostered in 47% of leagues on Yahoo and 31% on ESPN. So he is out there. Um, I'm not sure what he is rostered in on Sleeper, but you can absolutely go pick him up. He's got three favorable game weeks coming up. Um, he is taken in the league that I have Burrow, but if he was available, I would absolutely consider picking him up. Next, I've got another quarterback here. This is Sam Howell of the Commanders. He uh, His last four weeks, he has finishes of 16.2, 21.3, 4.6, and 19.6 fantasy points over the last four weeks. His upcoming schedule is at home versus the Bears, at the Falcons, and at the Giants. Those are excellent upcoming opponents for the Commanders, all winnable games. And he has looked, you know, he's looked consistent. You know, I think a lot of people were worried that, you know, they had the Eagles at home last week and, and they, they did that. Jared, did that game go to OT? Uh, with who? Yeah. The, uh, Eagles. Commanders. Yeah. I came with yeah. OT. Okay. So look, I mean, it was a high scoring game. The Eagles barely squeaked out the win. And. Look, I, I would probably wait one more week, but if you wait one more week, he's probably not going to be available because if he if he puts up another, you know, 20-point ball game, he's probably getting scooped up. Um, he's rostered in 18% of leagues on Yahoo, 9% on ESPN. I am probably going to pick him up in that one league that I have burrowed because I don't have any other options. I don't feel comfortable rolling with Geno just because I feel like um, he is prone to throw interceptions. And they have a nice run game 
to bail him out. So I will probably be rolling with Sam Howell. Moving on. Uh, moving into the running backs. Look, for my Patriots, I'm sure we'll touch on this game later, <clears throat> either tomorrow or on Thursday or later in the show. Uh, the offense is very questionable right now. The run game is not looking great. Uh, the passing game is not looking great. But in terms of fantasy, um, the, the individual I've got here is Zeke. He has worked himself up to between a 30 and 38% snap share over the last four games. Um, and he's averaging 11 carries and around 50 yards a game. So, look. He's a shell of what he once was. He's, you know, you're not going to get the production that you did out of him, you know, in 2018, 2019, Mm -hmm. you know, pre-COVID, right? Like those days are gone. They're, Mm -hmm. they're never coming back. Um, But he is, you know, taking away work from Ramondre pretty substantially here. And I expect this to, you know, take a little bit of a bump um, solely because I think the, just the confidence in Mac Jones is sinking by the game. Uh, so if he's available in your league, you know, consider, you know, and you need some depth at running back, consider scooping him up. He's rostered in 48% of leagues in Yahoo and ESPN. So he's not as available in a lot of leagues as some of these other guys, but definitely an option. Moving on, we've got Ty J Spears from the Titans, another running back. Now I will preface this piece just with, this is, you know, I, I do this every week with with several guys, but this is not the type of dude that's going to start in your roster. We all know that Henry is is the lead back, cut and dry. He's been able to kind of take away from that, you know, chip into that kind of share a little bit, but not by any means is he going to take away from what Henry is currently doing. However, they do use him in the passing game much more than Henry, but that kind of is adversely affected because Ryan Tannehill is their quarterback who sucks. So this is more of a stash handcuff play. Um, and, and that's really all it's going to be till probably later in the season. We know that Henry last year, or was that two years ago? Did he get injured two years ago? Two years ago. 21. Yeah. Two years mm-hmm. ago. So, look, Henry's typically a healthy guy, but, I mean, the AFC South, man, it seems pretty wide open to me this year. I think the Jaguars are kind of coming back down to earth. The Texans are kind of on the rise, and the Colts are just kind of in no man's land. Richardson's great, but that's about it. So They're it, not to bad, me it's, but they're not good. Right. They're not impressive, but they're not, you know, in the toilet, right? But, but Richardson's a positive. So – to me, I don't see any reason why the Titans can't make a push to try and win this division. Um, a lot of these games are going to be close, the in-division games. Um, Spears is averaging participation on 55% of the snaps. So he's on the field quite a bit for the Tennessee Titans. Um, he, the the only negative here is that he's only averaging five touches and 31 yards across the four games that they've played. So like I'm saying, this is not a, a, a play anytime soon. You're not going to start him anytime soon. Um, at best, you are going to bench him and hope that maybe Derrick Henry gets hurt or that Derrick Henry gets 
I, I don't know. You're gonna you're just gonna have to hope that Henry is out or injured or something. Uh, that's the only way you would use him. He is rostered in 24% of leagues on Yahoo and 20% on ESPN. Moving on, I touched on this player last week. We've got Quentin Johnson here from the LA Chargers. Another high-scoring shootout game for the Chargers, right? They don't play any type of defense. Um, you know, Khalil Mack somehow managed to sack Aiden O'Connell six times. And did this game go to OT or was it just another last gasp um, uh, finish? The Raiders try to do the uh, – what's the what's the Eagles? Uh, push, push. push. The tush push. Yeah, they tried to do it, and they didn't get it. They got stumped. Nice. And that's how they lost. They nice. lost in regulation. Okay. So, hey, another close game, however. 24-17. to 17, I've got it here. Um, Herbert is playing out of his mind. I mean, it's highly impressive what he's doing. I don't see any reason with the way the mediocre play. It's going to be – Mahomes is, is looking extremely pedestrian this year. I think it's going to come down to Herbert and Josh Allen – for who finishes with this QB one spot. And so I've got quite a bit here on Quentin. He has been on the field this last game for 50% of the snaps, and he's got a 12 and a half percent target share, obviously with Mike Williams being out for the season. So funny enough, Josh Palmer did lead the league in receiving, not the league, sorry, the team. I apologize. Three receptions for 77 yards, did not have a touchdown. Keenan Allen had the one receiving touchdown of the game. But here's what we care about. He's on the field for 50% of the snaps, right? He is he is being used in this offense full-time. He's not like he was in the first three weeks of the season. They are you know, going to start to utilize him more and more and more. And kind of like Jared said, on last week's show when I touched on on Q, Josh Palmer has these games all the time. He's got three or four of them every single season where he leads the team in receptions. He's got a big day. You know, he didn't have a touchdown um, yesterday, but, you know, maybe in another world, right, and another rerun of this game, he finishes with one or two, right? Who knows? But that's all we care about. Williams only or Johnson only had one catch for 18 yards, which is unfortunate. But they've got a bye week coming up in week five here. And so let's hope that they kind of try and integrate him more with a week off for practice. And, you know, it's important to kind of know that, look, he's not he's not blown up like Puka or Tank Dell yet. But with these kind of statistics, with this kind of participation within the offense, there's no reason that he can't. Because we all know he's capable. We all watched him tear it up at TCU with a far more mediocre quarterback at TCU. So there's no reason to believe that Justin Herbert, you know, if he starts kind of building that rapport, that trust with Josh or with Justin, there's no reason to believe that he can't um, be an extremely serviceable wide receiver too for the Chargers and and absolutely have a lot of fantasy relevance. He's going to be this year's Christian Watson. That is my call right now. Yes, I, I think that's very fair, Jared, just because, look, I'll, I'll say this too, just on the Chargers. They're 2-2, two and two, right? They don't, they're not a 2-2 two and two team. They are not a 2-2 two and two team. If you watch this team play, they, they went toe-to-toe with Miami week one, and a couple bounces went their way, Miami's way, and they won the ball game. 
And then against Tennessee, I'll say this. It went to OT. The Chargers were not at their best. You got to be able to beat the Titans at home. That's just not, you know, you can't let that game slip through your fingers. But this Chargers offense is looking very legitimate. Very legitimate. Without without Austin Eckler. Exactly. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. if he is available, really consider taking him. At this point, I would have to believe that the interest in him is maybe kind of tanking just because he only had one catch for 18 yards, right? Like he did nothing in a game where everyone kind of showed out. The other two receivers, Keenan and and Josh Palmer, you know, three receptions apiece. I don't know on how many targets. Keenan had a receiving touchdown, and then Herbert um, ran in another two. So try and get him. You know, it, it's going to benefit you in three weeks, maybe not next or uh, two weeks from now, three weeks from now. But this is absolutely the type of player that's a stash. And like Jared said, comes on full blast into the season. There you go. He's All rostered right. in 47. I got one more player here, Jared. My bad. Uh, 47% of leagues he's rostered in in Yahoo and then 53% on ESPN. Last player. This is quick. This is Luke Musgrave, the tight end for Green Bay. Unfortunately, he's in concussion protocol right now. So he may not play this upcoming week. But prior to the season, we've heard a lot about this guy establishing a lot of chemistry with Jordan Love. Um, He's a rookie, hasn't caught his first touchdown, but has looked good in a lot of these games, kind of in the region of five to eight points so far without a touchdown. And as we know for tight ends, that's, that's pretty solid. You know, you play in a half PPR league and you can get eight points out of your tight end without a touchdown. That's the difference between winning and losing that week. And, at, you know, right now it's it's so spotty. You know, Mark Andrews had a good week. He went off for the Ravens. But, you know, Mark Andrews is liable to put up like, you know, five points, right? Any mm-hmm. any other week. Any other week. So Kelsey and, you know, I, I'd start to say like Laporta is kind of in that mix now. You know, being a reliable, reliable tight end. But... You know, if you're thin at tight end, if you took a guy like David Njoku, if you took a guy like, uh, who else? Maybe Freyermuth, um on the Steelers, right? And, you know, neither of those two guys are kind of looking too hot now through four weeks. This guy's going to be available. He's rostered in 36% of leagues on Yahoo, 35% on ESPN. Might not play this week, but absolutely worth your consideration when it comes to waivers tomorrow. Uh, and that is all I have, Jared. Sweet. Thank you, Mason, as always. All right, fellas, before we get into, we finish off with one sentence game, I figure it'd be kind of fitting to talk about tonight's ball game between the uh, Seattle Seagulls and the New York Midgets. Um, like I did there, I, I insulted both teams because they're both disappointing this year. Either way, um, starting off right now, we are looking at, some bets we like tonight, right? So first off, with the game start kicking off in about five ten minutes, I'll start off with a game bet I love. Um, Kenneth Walker anytime touchdown. The Giants have struggled a lot against the run so far this season, and I am very high on this one as well as Geno Smith over two hundred twenty five passing yards. 
I think this game may get ugly early. The other sneaky bet I took an alternate game line. I took uh, the uh, Seahawks my, plus thir- no minus thirteen. Oh my gosh! Fuck it! Wow, that's a no sweat bet. So I, I get the money back, but it's like because the line's what minus one and a half. It's minus one and a half. They're overhyping the yeah. Giants at home right now. Yeah, you're so you're, a cra- you're a crazy guy for that, Jared. <laughs> Hey, I listen, don't know I if they're beating him by Lions, two TDs, man. Lions over Packers, I put at minus 12 and a half, and I hit it easily. And I was like, that, I usually that, but, but that, I will say, that game, I don't think went the way that a lot of people first saw it going down. You did? Yeah. I, I think the problem is the Lions have the physicality to keep up with a team like the Niners, the Eagles, or the Cowboys, where the Packers would get run off the fucking field. Yeah. Whereas when I look at the Seahawks, the Seahawks are the bottom tier of those NFC contenders. Like they're just above like the Buccaneers. So I think we're going to easily run away with the AFC NFC South because that entire division is ass. But I, and I called it earlier in the season. Everyone looked at me like I had a brain, a brain injury. I'm like, yeah, Baker in the box. It makes way too much sense right now. Um, I digress. I like telling myself that I'm right all the time. But, yeah, no, uh, the Seahawks are a good team. They took that Lions team we saw on Thursday 12 rounds and knocked them out in the end. And Geno looking like Geno again. Walker's running the ball well. Um, Chabernet, that's how you pronounce his name, right? Charbonnet. Charbonnet. Yes. I know it sounds Charbonnet. French. Charbonnet. Chardonnay, whatever. Um <laughs> He is a good combo back to Walker. They're both grinder backs who just get the ball moving. And obviously, you know, you get with DK Lockett, JSN, and no fan. They're a bunch of big, fast, strong dudes. So, I mean, if if Walker keeps running the ball the way that he is, man, and like, you know, let's be honest, right? Like, is he going to continue this form all the way throughout the season, all the no. way into the playoffs? That's what they got no. Charbonnet for. No, probably not. You know, he's probably going to get banged up at some point. And, and like you're saying, Jared, Charbonnet is oh. going to have to step in and, and um, you know, handle the duties for a week or two or three, right? But, yeah, hey, man, they get hot and they start running the ball efficiently in the playoffs. I would not want to play him. I would the not want to play him I would not. The, the only teams I would, th- I would not put money on against them, the only teams I would put money on against them would be the two teams that are still undefeated. Because their run defense is just insane. Yeah. And both teams have an axe to ground Seattle, so it's even more personal. So that game could get ugly. But against Detroit, against Tampa, against Dallas, I would take Seattle. They're kind of that dangerous third team that could kind of sneak in and be like relevant in the end. But I digress. Obviously, I'm picking the Seahawks. I am a big Geno stan. I love that they didn't they still didn't write back though. Um and listen, he saw the Broncos lay a stinker the last two weeks in a row. So they barely beat the worst team in football in the Bears. So he's got to show up and show out. Uh, yeah, give me the uh, give me the the uh, Seahawks by at least two tutties. This game could be over early, or it could be over fast. Yeah, I, I, I just so so are the the Giants don't have a win, do they? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah they, they beat the Cardinals. Cardinals. They came back. Yes, and then, yes and then that's right. Come back that they celebrated like they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm falling off, man. I got to sharpen up. Um, yeah, man. I, I I think the Giants though, like, 
I don't know what to make of the Giants. I, I really don't. Like, I see flashes from them. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like the Cowboys game, the Niners game, it, like, the, the competition that you're facing is so far. Like, the talent gap is just so wide between those two. Those Like, the Niners and the Cowboys and the Giants. Like, I don't really think the Giants are a bad team, but I don't particularly think that they're, like, great. If that it makes reminds sense. me of the Vikings, where they just they, they feel like they're a team that half loaded the simulation. And, and so, to me, this game is weird because I don't think that I think the Seahawks are better than the Giants, but I don't know how much better, right? Like, I think the way that, like, I'm kind of saying, I think Kenneth Walker is like a huge X factor for this team, and as we all know, right, for teams like the Eagles and teams like the San Francisco 49ers. And the Seahawks, when the run game is is moving right, when McCaffrey, when Swift or Jalen, or when Kenneth Walker is really running the ball well and efficiently, the quarterback play just elevates so much, right? And so I guess maybe in this game, for me, the thing that all of the the thing that I will be looking out for most is whether or not the Giants can stop the run. Because if they can stop the run, then that puts the pressure on Gino, right? To have to start making plays, you know, making throws outside of the pocket, maybe running a little bit, getting a little bit mobile, making some throws that he's maybe not as comfortable with. So to me, if I'm the Giants, stop the run. You give yourself a chance to win the game. Now, on the other side, right, like Daniel Jones really has not looked good in the losses, right? At all. At all, at all, at all. Um, you know, great, great game for him personally against Arizona. Awesome comeback for the Giants. But in the two losses, man, they have just looked just like pathetic. So I think this is a, it's a more interesting game than than people will expect. I have Kenneth Walker in multiple fantasy leagues, so I'm hoping that I'm all wrong here, and I'm hoping that Walker just like completely tears it up, but. I don't know. I, I'm like, I, I don't know what to think about the Giants just yet through three weeks now. They confuse me. I think that's what most Giants fans actually say. Um, their existence confuses a lot of people. <laughs> it's just, but, I mean, you know, it's Dimes is just like the X factor, right? Like if, if Daniel Jones is playing like he played in the wild card game against the Vikings last year, right? It's like, who can beat them? You know, well, if, if, let's, if, let's be honest that 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 he was good, but he wasn't like this revelation of a player. He I was, mean, he Jared, he was pretty on in that game, man. Oh he, no, he, he was, was on. tearing it up, bro. But listen, you also have to realize that was the one of the worst defenses to make a playoff run. Yeah, since we particularly were particularly in the past game for sure. Oh yeah, no, Patrick Peterson was out there with a bunch of scrubs, and Patrick Peterson's so old he chased Velociraptors to get into speed training. So, um, Chris. <laughs> We gotta we gotta do six pack, quick picks, quick bets you like, rapid fire, go. Uh who, who do you like for an anytime touchdown? I'll I'll, I'll quiz you. Who do you like for an anytime uh, touchdown? Okay, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I like Matt Burita. Um Okay. Nice fill in for Saquon since he's gonna be out for like probably the next week or two. Um I don't really know how good Seattle's rush defense is, but I just it's just one of those things. I, I think it's going to be a gut feeling. 
it's okay. It's like middle of the pack. It's literally like the, the vanilla ice cream of run defenses. Yeah, so this might be a hit or miss tonight. All right. Um, random prop bet you got that you think could be something to put some money on. Um, I th- Does field goals count as yes. prop? Um, and who is the kicker for the Giants? Is it not Graham Gano, right? Yeah, it's Graham Gano. Graham Gano. I guess over two and a half field goals tonight. Okay. Um, and then finally, who you got winning, and by how much? I'm gonna take the Hawks. I'm gonna do the. I'll take that. I guess. I'm gonna bump the line to about three and a half. Okay. Minus three and a half. You can't put money on this in my state, but Jamal Adams one forced fumble. I just watched him deck. Wandel, um, Jalen Hyatt, and I was—I thought the guy died. So, uh, yeah, this this game could get fun tonight. Uh, Giants are moving the ball though, but then again, um, once again, like in every fucking game I've watched this year, shell coverage is king, fellas. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time. We're gonna finish off with America's favorite game, brought to you by the amazing folks at Cannabis.com. Promo code Belly twenty for twenty percent off. This is where I make a complete ass of myself, and then the fellas let me know what stuck out to them. In this weekend of football, we'll start off on Thursday with the new Detroit Lions and MCDC brother. Uh, just took a fucking sledgehammer to the Packers. This game wasn't as close as it looked. It was basically the Packers started coming back a little bit, and then the Lions like, all right, we're gonna score again. It was 27, it was 27, I like what seven and a half times three, nothing, who cares? Anyway, we're going over across the pond to Andy's bedroom. I'm not kidding. This was actually kind of cool watching the Disney Plus football thing. I was watching the gym. I was on the treadmill because I don't have ESPN Plus. I'm not a sucker. Uh, it wasn't terrible. I was not hating the th- watching like Bijan Robinson with the head double size of his body juking out Jags defenders. But Desmond Ritter is awful. All right, going over to the city of brotherly love, where our e- where me and Chris's Eagles took a couple shots in the shins from the refs and Sam Howell, but. When it mattered most, who makes the big plays? A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, and Chicken Little, a.k.a. the Iceman Jake Elliott. Shout out to Devontae Smith for the greatest nickname for a kicker of all time. All right. Speaking of disappointments, uh, Dolphins. What the hell was that? It was 20, 28 and a half, and then the Bills just sprinted, and the Dolphins were, uh, you know, just kind of trying to tie their shoes. Next up, Broncos and Bears, the bottom feeder ball 2023, where somehow, someway, the goddamn Bears found a way to blow the lead. Hoi! And they couldn't even cover. What a bunch of assholes. All right. Ravens, Browns, no Watson, no massages, no problems. Steelers, Texans. Frankie, buddy, I love you. Shout out to our boy Frank Michael Smith, but dude, your fucking Steelers are terrible. CJ and the boys rolling. I'm telling you, CJ's the best quarterback in this class. Me and Mace were banging our chest about it all through draft season. Mace, this is why people should listen to us more. <laughs> Alrighty. Vikings and Panthers. I forgot this game was played, except for Justin Jefferson scoring a touchdown. Vikings win. Colts and Rams. Matthew Stafford finds a way to get his ass completely beat up to shit. Still it's a game-winning drive. Shane Steichen doing Shane Steichen things. Buccaneers thumping the Saints in the biggest no-shit game I've ever seen. And speaking of shit, the the Bengals offense. 
that is all. Titans win 27-3. Raiders, Chargers, if you can't do the Philly shoulder shove, the tush push, don't do it. Raiders lose to the Chargers 24-17. And speaking of just more, you shouldn't be out there. Mac Jones looked like Ryan Leaf out there, man. It was ugly. My mother even walks in the room and asks me, she goes, is Mac Jones really this bad? And I'm like, when you wait five seconds to throw a comeback route, yes, you're that bad. Cowboys defense wins 38-3. to the, uh, 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 the Cowboys offense was in cruise control for about 80% of that game. And finally, the last two games of the night, the 49ers handle business against the Cardinals. I really have nothing to say because one, the Niners should have done anything. There's not really anything comedic about this game. Josh Dobbs and the boys fought hard, but listen, you're playing the best team in football right now. And finally, speaking of alleged best teams in football, the Kansas City Swifts took on the New York Jets and Zach Wilson, and Rodney Harrison wasn't the only thing disappointing after the end of that game. Those refs towards the end of that game really made sure that game stayed close. Uh, Jets fought hard, though. Got to give them credit, but uh, Chiefs won. That's why they're the champs. All right, fellas, college, quickly. We are talking LSU and Ole Miss, the game that shattered parlays, shattered fumble props, and made me and Chris cry. Jaden Daniels, please stop running the goddamn football. You are not Michael Vick. Utah, Oregon State, this is why you should listen to me. Pac-12 teams that are higher ranked on the road always lose on a Friday. Dion, congratulations. You didn't embarrass yourself against USC. USC is not as good on defense as people think. They just score a lot of points. Uh, Kentucky thumped Florida and heh, fucking Gator Humpers. Auburn <laughs> almost upset Georgia, which makes me laugh because the entire college football landscape is abysmal and wide open, and it makes me very happy. Texas and Kansas, I'm not going to talk about this one. Uh, Kevin might have been a little inebriated when he gave that pick selection. We are going to Notre Dame-Duke in the most boring game of smart people schools I've ever seen in my life. 21-14, a game that really did not interest me at all. I literally started watching a movie on the side because I was so bored watching this game at a bar. And finally, (sighs) Alabama-Mississippi State did not live up to the hype, and neither did anybody pick South Carolina over Tennessee. That's your college football scoreboard. And your NFL one sentence. Gents, what stuck out to you? We'll go around the horn first. We'll finish with me and we'll get out of here. Chris, we'll start with you. College pro, what stuck out to you this weekend? Um, The fact that I took the Bears for a gimme. You know, that one hurt pretty bad. You know, it's a minus one. You know, it's a minus one, right? Yeah. All right. Now I got to subtract it off my score. I'm the club, buddy. Me and Matt are the only two members. Um. Yeah, blew a 24-point lead at the end of the third quarter going into the fourth, thinking they had the game. Justin Fields, he played great. And the first half, he was 14 of 14. He looked awesome. And then the second half comes around, and he's just non-existent. He's just not making plays anymore. Defense was atrocious. Um, also, um, the Bengals are starting to worry me. That calf issue for um, Joe Burrow seems to be more serious than talked about. I mean, they're what? One in three? Yeah. Um, it's going to get offense, worse. Offense it's going to get clicking. worse. Offense isn't clicking. They're scaring me. So it might be the Ravens' year to win the AFC North. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that's all I got. And then the Eagles won 4 0. I'll take it. Mace. Yeah, Sooners, I was at the game. Um, Handle business. Yeah, I mean, it, it started off the game with a pick six. Um, you know, that was good. Offense kind of stalled slightly, kind of in that first quarter. Same with the defense. Gave up a, a few kind of chunk plays, both in the run game and in the passing game. But it shorted up pretty quickly after halftime. Uh, the score to half, I actually believe, was like 40-20. to 20. So they, they were kind of in cruise control going into the half, um, and, and the second stringers came in kind of with maybe five or seven minutes left in the third quarter. So it was a good good finish, good weekend up in Norman. Um, and then I'll, I'll touch on my rival briefly. Um, Just look, stomping the Jayhawks. Well, well, but that game was was close. That was a touchdown me, game going into I the fourth quarter. I put an extra bet on it because it was that close at halftime. This is why you should never let me live bet. Well, well going into the fourth, man. And, and so Texas up until this point has been really good at closing these games, these close games that, they, that they've been in. Um, you know, Bama was close for a while. Wyoming at home, close till the fourth quarter. Saturday against Kansas at home. Close until the fourth quarter. So I think this is their toughest test up until this point. I think if you put OU and Bama on the same field uh, last Saturday, I think OU would not have a problem beating Alabama. I really don't. Um, And so I think, you know, my point to that is, is I think that we are a tougher test than Bama. Um, It's a neutral side. It's in Dallas. So maybe that kind of, you know, waters that down a little bit since, you know, Alabama is a tough place to go play. I will say that. But um, it'll be interesting to see if this game is tight going into the fourth quarter, Um, you know, maybe a little bit longer than that, you know, maybe halfway through the fourth quarter, um, if Texas will be able to finish off this game because I, I think the OU defense is very legitimate. And I think the offense looks good too. So... Um, it should be a fun game next weekend in Dallas. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and, and hopefully we can pull out a win. But, um, you know. Dude, I can't wait for, I can't wait for Saturday, man. I, so I mean, I, my, I, my I, thing I is. I didn't interrupt, man. I didn't interrupt. Oh, uh, no, not at all. Go ahead. Red River is like my favorite non-rivalry I'm involved in. Like the Iron Bowl always fucking irritates me because I hype it up like it's the Cathedral College Football. USC and US, in Notre Dame's fun. But, like, besides Miami, Florida State, for obvious fucking reasons, and Michigan, Ohio State, because, you know, it's it's Red River. Because my favorite Red River moment is my boy, my dog, Jalen Hurts, being a dog. Yeah. Just absolutely lighting it up with C.D. Lamb, my dog, Charleston Rambo. And it was a fun game to watch. I was watching it, like, walking. I had to go food shopping, right, because it was my only day off. I had to work a night that night. I got to watch Jalen while I'm walking through BJ's on my phone, I saw Caleb Williams's debut in that rivalry, right? So it's there's a lot of history there. So Mace, yeah. I love that you brought this up, man. I'm so excited for Saturday. I, yeah, you, I, 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 because of you and because of Jalen, I'm going to root for Oklahoma. But like, it's, it's my it's, thing it's is fun. that so so look, I, I, I feel like I've touched on this like in maybe like one or two shows before, but. With the Big 12 being so bad, my one concern, and, and you know, I think it's a really valid point, 
and maybe not enough people think about it, but I think this game is honestly irrelevant simply because the Big 12 is so bad that there's no way that the, that these two teams don't meet again in the Big 12 championship. I, I just I don't see it happening because on OU's part, the schedule is so cupcake, it's like ridiculous. Yeah. And then TCU's got more of the original Big 12 schools. Um, you know, they have to play K-State at home. Um, I know they have to play TCU as well. They have to play Tech. So they've got some tough-ish matchups. You know, OU's playing all of the new schools, you know, UCF, BYU. Um, we've got West Virginia at home. Uh, we've got to travel to uh, – who am I forgetting here? We, well, we got KU at home, so that's another kind of interesting game. But I just – I don't see how these two teams don't play again in December, regardless of the outcome here um, this coming Saturday. So everyone knows how hard it is to beat a team twice in a season. Mm-hmm. And so my one concern is that if my Sooners get it done here on Saturday – are we going to be able to? They catch to, him with the pants down twice, right? And so, it, it, I, I personally, I'd rather take the loss here in October, where you can make it up, and then win in the conference championship in December when it's like, you know, you've got everything to gain. Texas is maybe ranked one or two because Georgia's looking pretty iffy, man. And you know, it, it looks like the ACC, got, nobody knows who's winning that shit. So it's just like. You know, Texas, maybe they win this game. They catapult them up to like two or maybe even one, right? You know, OU wins out. They'll probably be top 10 going in the Big 12 championship. So for me, you know, obviously I I never want to go into a matchup wanting the Sooners to lose. But, you know, this happened the year that Kyler Murray was the quarterback my freshman year 2018. I remember Kyler had never lost a game. He never lost in high school. He hadn't lost a game up until that point at OU. We lost to Texas in Dallas at the Red River game in October. We played him again, Big 12 championship, kicked their ass at Jerry World, got into the playoff, eventually lost to Bama in that first round semifinal. But hey, man, I'm taking that scenario every single time, 10 out of 10 times. Okay. Without a question, because, I mean, you, you've just got so much more to gain if you play them in the Big 12 championship. So, look, if we can, I'd love to sweep them, beat them twice. That'd be great. But um, we'll just have to see. We'll just have so, to see. this is not me being cocky. I only start talking about this if we end up beating North Carolina in two weeks. But the same thing could happen because of the way the ACC is structured, where if Miami-Florida State play, and let's say Miami gives them a run, but Florida State ends up pulling it out. They will probably play in four weeks later in Charlotte, right? In front of a very, with a very pissed off hurricane. I think I would love to see them play twice in an ideal situation. We kicked their ass twice because I think Florida State's been kind of they beat a overhyped LSU team and they almost lost to Boston College, who can't tie their shoes correctly on football. Right. So I don't know what to expect. And, and now, and now with LSU losing twice, that win kind of gets watered down too. And, you know what I mean? I mean look, look at Texas A&M. We thumped them. It was like the biggest win in program history since Notre Dame, which is embarrassing in itself. Um, and we, I don't know what to make of it either. It's going to be an interesting game. But 
Well, uh, well the, and- the other aspect of it, too, and you can relate to it, too, is let's say Florida State's a top four team going into that matchup right in December. You beat them. Not only do you have the possibility of getting into the playoff yourself, but you're also, you know, potentially knocking them out of the playoff, right? So it's like conference alive. Right. Conference champion, you're in the playoff, and you knocked your biggest rival or one of the biggest your biggest rivals for you, for me, my biggest, you know, out of the playoff, right? You're killing three birds with one stone, essentially. So, man, you know, we're kind of in the same boat, Jared. I'd I'd love to kick their ass and just wipe the floor with them twice, man. But it's just this this group for UT is just they're way too talented to get their ass kicked and handed to them twice. And so for me, it, if a loss is in the cards, I would rather get it over with now and then beat them when it really matters, when the stakes are doubled um, and everything's on the line in December and, you know, potentially give us the opportunity to get in the playoffs. So Fair enough. we'll just have to see. Anything NFL you want to talk about, or are you kind of just done at this point? I'll, yeah, I'll, briefly, I'll keep it short with the Patriots. Yeah, um, so I was listening to my man Colin Cowherd this morning um, on my way to lunch, and I think he made a fantastic point. I, I think at this point with Mac Jones, right, with the whole incident of him seeking outside, like, kind of counsel and help away from the team last season – you know, that made a lot of people mad within the organization, obviously Bill Belichick, right? And I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't know why Robert Kraft wouldn't be equally as pissed about that. Anyway, because, you know, by doing that, you're shitting on the brand, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and the whole Patriots mantra over these past 20 years, this whole Belichick era has just been like, you know, essentially shut up and do your job, right? Every yeah. guy is the same. Yep. No one is more important than the other. Um, and... I think with all successful teams, that's always been the mindset, right? Like, do you believe in the culture? Right. You know, the team is above everyone, right? Nobody's ego is bigger than the team. The Patriots. Anyway, I think Mac has made a lot of enemies, not only by doing that, but you you have to be a heck of a player to get away with something like that. And and up until this point, Mac has not shown that he is that type of player. Um. And so I think he's made a lot of enemies, and I think the leash is getting shorter and shorter and shorter with him. And maybe they ride out the year with him and and let it kind of work itself out. But, man, if he keeps playing the way that he's playing, I don't see how we're not, you know, around, I don't know, week 11, week 12, you know, kind of starting to, to tank a little bit and see how high of a draft pick we can Maybe get. Maybe get Penix or Drake May. Or, or, or Drake May, May, yeah. Drake May in your offense with, with an actual coordinator would scare the piss out of me. The problem is oh, I, yeah. don't trust, I don't trust Billy O. I really don't. His offense was in 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 uh, in Houston was, hey, Deshaun, run left or run right, yuck it up to uh, Will Fuller or, or, or uh, Diop. Yeah. The dude – I was gonna say the dude traded D Hop, and D Hop didn't drop an entire, didn't drop a football that entire year. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, if anybody had Devin Witherspoon sacking Daniel Jones on their bingo card, call it now. Um, that was a he slammed him. It was bad. Nice. 
Jamal Adams like, got hurt too. Yeah, awesome. I know. He's fucking swearing at the trainers to let him go back. You know, I you know I know Jamal Adams gets a bad rep, but I love how much he how much he loves the game of football. That dude get never wants to leave the field. But anyway, um, for me, what stuck out was one Mason talked about how wide open we talked about a little bit already. I talked about Mason kind of mentioned a little bit. College football is wide open. Nobody knows what the fuck's gonna happen. Alabama's not dominant. Jordan, if you don't, weird. If Jordan, you don't. I think two key matchups this week, right? USC, Georgia, both looked extremely, extremely average, right? One against against score, average one opponents. Play defense. One team can't play. Well, yeah, listen, USC can't play defense. Georgia has trouble scoring. And, and I, I will say this to all the USC listeners: if you didn't watch Oklahoma from 2017 to 2021, I did. And, and you don't see the exact same happen, the exact same thing same happening fucking, now. Same fucking thing. You're the fool. You're the fool because I watched it for five years. Five years. Heisman quarterbacks, elite offensive talent, get spoiled by an incredibly average, excuse me, sub-average defense. Lose that team, those teams, the opportunity at legitimately competing for national championships because the They're offensive right. talent was always there, always there. But the defense always let them down in the big moments. So, so if- I'll I'll drop this out there right now, right? So like. There's there's seven or eight teams that aren't even in the top ten. I would take I would give a fighting shot over USC. They go to Washington and Oregon primarily. Oh my god, yeah. And then you go to the ACC. I would take I would definitely take Florida State over them on a good day. And shit, if Miami comes out playing like they did against A and M, because the fact is USC's defensive line is all a bunch of small dudes. All of Miami and Florida State's O line, all ten of those guys are all three hundred pounders plus. They're big. It's big lines. Those are SEC O-lines in the ACC. The Pac-12 passing league, it's seven-on-seven with some tackling dummies in front. That's all that shit is. And Oregon and Utah and Washington are physical fucking teams. Even Oregon State looks mean. So I don't think USC finishes with less than two, with less than at least one loss to two losses. Oh, one. One, just because it's like... Easy one loss, but two... I will say, say, look, they... Or Colorado kind of had some garbage time points going on a little bit. Yeah, no, they closed the gap. It was, but like, but but USC defense. USC was always in control. But I think the point that you and I are trying to make, Jared, is that they're going to play Washington. They're going to play Oregon, right? Who are exponentially better in in all three phases of the game than Colorado. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's going to be very interesting to see. If you because all this is going to be is it's going to be a boat race, right? Mm-hmm. If USC can can you know honestly drop fifty points against both those teams, I'd say pretty good chance I don't they think win Oregon both those games. Up if they can't stop Caleb, they won't keep up. But if they can get as physical as it with Dion and them boys, oh, and they make this game sloppy, ugly, and make it mean. You know, maybe Caleb throws a pick. You yeah, know, maybe uh, get sacked a couple times. That Oregon pass rush looks pretty impressive for a Pac-12 school. It's like, it's like, oh yeah, I was waiting for like well, Deion Jordan, the Brickishaw, and the DeForest Buckner and shit to come walking out of the freaking tunnel. They were getting after those boys. On uh, also, then again, that Colorado O line basically is pretty much walking. But uh, for so you're right. It, it there is there is no team that I truly fear. I still fear Georgia Tech, and but like Ohio State looks sloppy. Notre Dame looks fucking. 
like overrated and shit. And Michigan, so, Michigan hasn't played anyone. They played. To, it's like they, they they're playing a bunch of minor league schools, right? So it's like Michigan. You know, they do have Penn State. Obviously, they're playing Ohio State last game of the year. So it, you yeah. know, they for, for them it's kind of an advantage, right? That they get to work all the all the you know the kinks and like the issues out now rather than you know OU, right? We've got UT Week Six, you know. Yeah. Michigan's got their biggest game week 11 or 12 or however many games they play. I so would they argue get to, you guys have an easier route because you get all the heart. You you take your big shotgun shell to the face early. Right. That's why right. I'm happy like most of our game, like Miami finishes the season with fucking Boston College. Right. Like we get North Carolina, which is always the game that it, always drives us fucking crazy. We, we get in a week. We always call it, um, in Norman, we call it championship November, man, because that's when they always play Oklahoma State. And that's usually when they load up on the conference opponents. And you get through November, you can you can reconcile, you know, if you lose to Texas that year, right, first week of October, you can reconcile that loss, right, by winning out. Because okay. you're going to find yourself in a conference chip. So I'll make the NFL points quick and we'll roll ourselves out of here. Um, I will start off with this. The Eagles win ugly, but they win. The Niners win, but they beat eh, teams. That NFC Championship game is gonna be fucking fun. Um, so, oh, let, let me interrupt. Did did Kenneth Walker just score like a totally whack touchdown? It was Jerry? yeah, but they called it back because okay. his elbow was like barely touching the turf. Yes, my friend just sent me a video, and I was just like, "That's no why when way. you were talking, I was like this because I thought he okay. scored already." But so why does he? He has negative. He has negative point two. So I guess they just had him for. They a called stop. it back, and they've been they've been they've been trying to bounce him outside. The Giants' run defense has been pretty good so far. Basically, Gino's been slinging the rock around the yard and shit. It's just they're just not connecting. But gotcha. The Giants' offense. The Giants' offense is abysmal. So it's going to be a matter of time, and the Seahawks are going to pick it up. Problem is, the Seahawks are getting penalties left and right. Anyway. Um, yeah, Eagles, let's be honest. There's five teams that I think seriously are contenders, and it's the Eagles, it is the Niners, well-deserved, obviously, from San Francisco. They've kicked their shit out of everybody. Um, it is the Buffalo fucking Bills. I think we all owe the Bills, the people like me, who are all on the Dolphins bandwagon for about a week. We all owe an apology. When the D- Buffalo Bills have Von Miller in that lineup, Sweet Who is Jesus. practicing this week, I, I might Sweet add. Sweet Jesus. They can get after. Also, they didn't have Von Miller, and they lost Tredavious White midway through the game, and they still kicked the fuck out of Tua. And it wasn't even like Tua looked bad. It's just the offense couldn't get anything going. You can't play in the cold. I mean, given it's September, but. Yeah, it was 65 degrees in Orchard Park, man. It's not that bad. Um, That's not an excuse. But I just think the Dolphins, they thought they were going to boat race them, and. It just wasn't that kind of game. It was kind of like, okay, well, we've got an easy game here, but um, I don't know. It's uh, also, by the way, the 15th fucking penalty I've watched today. These refs got to chill the fuck out with this crap. I think Pete Carroll might have a freaking aneurysm trying to watch this. Hopefully he doesn't because I love Petey. But, yeah, no, um, the Buffalo Bills looked phenomenal. The defense stepped up. The Dolphins looked soft as hell. Um, and then that the Dolphins, obviously, in the Chiefs. Those are my three teams in the AFC. I don't take Baltimore that seriously. I think they're fun. I think they're going to score. I think Zay Flowers is probably the best offensive receiver. But 
out of this rookie class, but they just they lack. They don't have a they don't have a uh, explosion yet. They don't have that guy where I'm like, okay, I fear you. Like when you play the Eagles and you need a quick score, you know, 11's getting the goddamn ball, or zero's getting the goddamn ball, or six. You play the Chiefs, it's 87, or it's Pachanko at ten, number ten. You play the Dolphins, it's old Ty Tyreezy or uh, Mister um, Mister Waddle, right? So, or even Raheem Moser, if you want to throw that. You have there's a guy who can break a game up. When I, when I look at the Ravens, their best game breaker is Zay Flowers, and I want to see him. He's going to be that guy soon, but but I digress. The NFL is kind of – you're starting to see things kind of even out a little bit. Um, on Thursday, I will reveal my picks. It's been a quarter of the way through the season. Every year I pick my division winners a quarter of the way through the season again. Spoiler alert, I already kind of called the NFC South. But, yeah, it should be a good time. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you stopping by. We shout out to our sponsors, Mall of Bros, Candidates, and Seat Geek, and of course, Belly at Media and the Belly Sports family. We will be back on Thursday for another episode of the Corner Booth pregame, where we, me and these two knuckleheads, Chris, will hopefully be uh, loving life like he was on Wednesday, on Thursday. Um, I have no idea who Brandon for guests this week. Maybe DJ, maybe McCarthy, maybe somebody new. It's going to be a good time. We'll see you on Thursday, folks. Enjoy your week. Watch this football game if you're not watching it already. Uh, we'll be back live on Tuesday that, on, Mon- on Monday next week. I just didn't feel like doing a live show. I was working on the truck all afternoon. So, folks, adios, peace, go birds. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Podcast Network.